This is the Real Estate Pros Podcast, where we teach you actionable marketing tips and strategies to stand out from your competitors. Hi everyone, it's Josh Cobb here, the CEO at Steps, and this week we're changing up our format just a little bit, but it's certainly for a very good reason. Instead of hearing from just me, I'm joined by a very special guest, someone who you've definitely heard about before if you're keeping your finger on the pulse of all things marketing these days. I'm very excited to be joined by Mr. Joe Polizzi. If you don't know who Joe is, he is the founder of the Content Marketing Institute, the leading education and training organization for content marketing, which includes the largest in-person event for content marketing in the world. Joe has authored five books, including his most recent title, Killing Marketing, which is hot off the press and we'll talk about in today's show. He not only writes one of the most influential content marketing blogs in the world, but Joe also writes a column for entrepreneur.com. He is a LinkedIn influencer, an international speaker, and the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts called This Old Marketing. I've been fortunate to have attended Joe's conference, Content Marketing World, for the past two years, where I've met Joe and his amazing team. So I'm honored today to have the man himself, Mr. Joe Polizzi, joining us to talk all things content marketing for the real estate industry. Joe, welcome to the show. Josh, first of all, thank you for changing the format. And second of all, you've got to lower the expectations, my friend. I mean, let's <laughs> let's bring it down. We have no idea what we're going to give your listeners today, but we're going to have a good time doing it. So, but no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll try and give it as much orange as, as we can. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm wearing, as you know, I'm wearing orange. I don't have any other clothes besides orange, so it makes it easy. I uh, love it. I love it. Well, firstly, Joe, congratulations on another successful year at Content Marketing World recently, wrangling 4,000 marketers from around the world is no easy feat, I'm sure. Well, hey, it's, it's, if content marketing had a holiday, it'd be that week. Uh, we do it the week <laughs> after you know Labor Day, U.S. holiday in the States every year. And I, I just love the community. This is just, a, as you know, I mean, you've been part of this. Uh, th these people, they, there's no competitive bone in their body when it comes to being around this group of people. They're just sharing. They're just, it's, it's just, I hope you felt that. I mean, I just thought it was incredible. The amount of um, excitement around, Hey, we have an opportunity as marketers to really do something special here. And I just get invigorated every time we have one. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I, it's blown away. It's bigger. It's a bigger concept than I ever thought it would grow into. And that's because of the community. It's outstanding. And, and congratulations is also in order for the launch of your new book, Killing marketing because as if organising a conference for four thousand people wasn't enough each year, alongside all of all of the other things that you do, uh, you decided to add writing another book to your schedule this year as well. Uh, this one's a fun one. Of course, we had fun with the title, uh, "Killing Marketing," and not that we want to get rid of marketing, but we really do believe we're at the crossroads of what a lot of people think is marketing and what we really talk about in the book. And man, I I think it's I think that if you are building any size company, of course, we'll talk about it specifically for, for real estate professionals. You have, you have an opportunity to build a loyal audience and sell things that you may not ever thought of before. And that's what we talk about in the book is maybe the products and services you offer, uh, maybe there's more to it. Maybe you can offer more value and you can drive more revenues than you ever thought of before, but you just have to think a little bit differently about your business model. And then, and I'm just having a, having a fun with Robert Rose going around the country talking about the concept because you either love it or hate it. People will see it. They'll say, oh, this is this is fantastic. This, And then I've talked to some agency professionals that look at me like this is the stupidest book. 
we've ever read. Like, why would you even come out with this? You've wasted paper. You like those poor trees. I mean, I'm hearing, <laughs> I love. And so that's what we know when we got a good one, you either got people either really love it or really hate it. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Well, to be, to be right for someone, you're going to be wrong for someone else, right? So, that's exactly uh, right. Absolutely. That's the key. But we'll, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to really dive into uh, the, the new book today and, and talk. We, I think we're really going to challenge a lot of real estate professionals who are listening to this, Joe, to think a little bit differently about their marketing. But, but firstly, I gave our listeners a quick snapshot, but can you fill in some gaps from our intro and tell us a little bit more about you personally for those who may not have heard of, of yourself or, or CMI and maybe give us a little glimpse into what the Content Marketing Institute is all about? Sure. I mean, want to get to the question. So really quick, you know, I've been in, the, in this industry for 20 years now. I started in business to business publishing uh, as part of my role at this large business to business company. I was doing things like, hey, creating custom magazines and newsletters, both in print format. And then we went on to digital and started doing blogs for really large business to business companies because they said, hey, we want to tell a better story. We want to create more engagement. How do we market by delivering value instead of just interrupting people all the time. So that's how I sort of cut my teeth. And then in 2007, I got the entrepreneurial bug and I wanted to start a business. Uh, kind of had some fits and starts from 2007 to 2010, but really got it right when we said, look, we're going to launch Content Marketing Institute in May of 2010. That immediately took off. And uh, we launched Content Marketing World in 2011 and Chief Content Officer Magazine the same year. And of course, you talked about the podcast in 2013. But basically, we're dedicated to how-to information. So we really are about teaching and educating marketing professionals about how they can create valuable, relevant, compelling information on a consistent basis to a targeted group of people in order for them to do some kind of profitable behavior for the business. It's marketing. But instead of interrupting and saying, hey, here's how great I am and here's the service, we're saying, what is the pain point uh, pain points of the audience I'm trying to reach and how can I solve those pain points with information instead of a product or service? And so it's sort of content marketing is probably the fastest growing area of internet marketing in the world right now. And we're just, I'm just happy to be around for it because I got to tell you, Josh, there was a time where I didn't think it was going to it was going to work. <laughs> And we were all worried and my kids were worried. And my wife was worried because we didn't know where the money was coming from, but it, it really started to take off. And then all between that, as you said, wrote five books. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, love, uh, love my wife and, and two boys. My boys are teenagers right now and, uh, I'm just having a ball, you know, just living, living the, the life I always wanted to live and spending more time with the kids now and maybe not traveling as much as I used to because I used to do crazy trips like you do <laughs> and, and actually went to went to Singapore and went to Sydney a couple times. So I'm spending more time in the U.S. now, but still evangelizing the practice of content marketing. Well, something interesting that I, I've heard you speak about before is the Google Trends graph of people searching for co the term content marketing on the internet. Can you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that and, and kind of where that, where that hockey stick uh, uptick really occurred and, and I guess where it is today? Yeah. So, um, so Google trends for those people who don't know, I mean, you can sort of track search engine behavior over a group of people in whatever location you want to. And I started using this tool in I don't know, 2007, I think was probably the first 2006, 2007. 
And when I went out on my own and basically I've, I've always done content marketing, but nobody called it content marketing. They historically, the term is con- custom publishing or custom media in the UK. They call it customer media, uh, branded content. There's all sorts of terms for it. And when I left the, uh, I left the business to business media company to start uh, what became content marketing Institute, I started to do some research and I'm like, look, this is a thing. This thing that we were called today content marketing is a thing, but everyone started to use all kinds of different terms and there was no one term. And so the belief was if we put our energy around a winning term, whatever that was, that would help our business. And so what I basically did, Josh, is I would just go around talking to chief marketing officers and I would throw every uh, term at them. I would say branded content and customer media and custom content, and custom publishing and, and content marketing. And, and the only one that I saw that twinkle in their eyes and actually resonated was when I said content marketing. I said, I think that's the one. And then I would track these things. And by the way, in 2007, when you put this into Google Trends, it didn't even register. I mean, it was nothing. And what we saw was custom publishing was going down a little bit and branded content was going down. And I'm like, huh, I know people are using content marketing. It, it's just a blip but maybe we can take advantage of this. So basically all we did was we said, okay, we're going to start a blog and we're going to create how to content on the practice of content marketing, targeting enterprise marketers. And we're going to do it on a consistent basis. So basically blog three times a week and started to talk about these issues. And then it probably wasn't until 2009, 2008, 2009, we saw, Oh my gosh, you could see it in Google trends. It started to move up. And then in 2010, it became the most popular term when you look at everything. And even you could almost say that inbound marketing, because a lot of small businesses use that term as well, and content marketing were almost neck and neck. There was almost like it was we were, we were headed to the finish line and, and it was really close. And it still is today, although content marketing has a little bit of a lead, but depending on how you look at it, doesn't matter. But the point was, is we we said, look, there's no dominant term here. Let's focus on that term, grow that, educate people. And if we do that, we do it right. We can become the leading providers of that information. And that's exactly what happened. And not that this was like any kind of master plan, Josh, but at least we knew enough to know that, you know, using, you know, talking to customers and also using a tool like Google Trends, we could see that there was an opportunity there. And then all we did was execute on that opportunity. Well, it's not really a new term to those inside marketing circles or inside baseball, as, as you guys put it, Joe, but content marketing is still, it's still somewhat of a buzz phrase within the real estate industry, at least. Can you, can you break it down for us at a, at a very basic level? What, what is content marketing and why is it different to other forms of marketing being done by, uh, let's focus on the real estate industry sure. today. Okay. So, so if we're talking, so we're talking to real estate agents now, professionals, and you have many different ways that you could get your message out there. You could get, maybe you get leads through referrals. Maybe you do through television advertising. Maybe you send out pamphlets, postcards, direct mail. Uh, maybe you do radio spots. Maybe you buy Facebook advertising, whatever the case is. That's all fine. And for the most part, and, and not that saying that you shouldn't continue to do those things. There's a lot, I mean, I'm a believer in, in advertising at the right place at the right time. Go ahead and do that. But the difference between advertising and content marketing is we're not talking about our product and service. What we're doing is we're focusing on a very specific audience and we're trying to deliver, deliver them some kind of value. It's usually, usually either informative 
or entertaining and hopefully both. So if we're thinking about it and I'm a real estate agent, I'm like, okay, I'm targeting the specific group of, uh, group of people and they're, these people are in this location and they like to buy this kind of house. What in What's something that I could create on a consistent basis content that could be audio like we're talking like this podcast it could be uh, video it could be textual it could could be some kind of imagery textual like a blog imagery like an instagram uh, account or something like that and you're going to deliver something that truly differentiates so something a lot of people aren't doing they're talking about let's say and we're going to deliver it specifically for this group of people so and I'll give you an example because I just saw this real estate example and I thought it was great. This is a woman in the United States and she was a real estate agent in, in uh, a city in Tennessee uh, in the United States. And there are more real estate agents. I didn't even know this. There are more real estate agents in Tennessee per capita than any other state in the United States. I had no idea that this was a thing. So, okay, you're a real estate agent. How the heck are you going to differentiate yourself when everybody in the entire, you know, a good percentage of the entire state are real estate professionals? This is a really difficult challenge that you have. <laughs> so, so uh, Mark, and I'm going to give a hat tip here to Mark Schaefer, because Mark Schaefer, good friend of mine, he did a speech on this and he was talking about this case study and he showed the Instagram accounts of all the other real estate professionals and all the other real estate professionals. They were just putting up pictures of houses. Here's a house. Here's this house. Here's that house. What she was doing is she just created something. She did this on a regular basis. So every day what she would do is the houses that she would would sell for. Uh, she would go into these houses and she would take pictures of strange things that they left behind before they left. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was the weirdest thing. Like they would leave a plant. There was one person that left their cat. You know, there's this really weird things that they were dish towels that they were leaving, you know, but whatever it was that she didn't say what the house was or where it was. She just was saying, this is I'm a real estate agent and this is a very weird life. And here's weird things that you might be interested in people left behind. And that's all she did, Josh. And she just kept push, promoting this on Instagram. She built a huge following on Instagram and she became the most successful real estate agent in her city just by doing this, just by building an audience and getting those people interested in her. She wasn't saying, oh, you should go check out this house. This is amazing. All she was is she was interesting for that group of people that thought she and by the way, she really loves cats. So she would have cats in a lot of these pictures that she would find wherever. And now she's, uh, I guess she's built a really strong relationship that pe with, with buyers that like cats. And a she's lot of the them cat would lady. say, yeah, she's a cat lady. So <laughs> a lot of people, so if you are a buyer, like if you're selling your house and you're looking for a real estate agent in ten Tennessee, you're probably going to find her because you have this affinity for cats and which I think is strange, but whatever it is, a, it's a thing. So the point is, is what did she do? She, she delivered valuable, interesting information for this group of people she was trying to target. And now she's got an agency of like 10 people. And like, mm -hmm. that's the fastest growing agency that she's got in, in, uh, in the city in Tennessee. So the whole point about back to content marketing and, and why this is important is something, you know, I see a lot of real estate agents, they send like, they send like food uh, postcards with like food recipes on it or a calendar, which is fine. But what could you do that's truly differentiated and somewhat relevant to what you're doing and to your location, to the type of houses you want to sell, to the needs of your particular audience? Does that mean that you create a podcast on something that's truly valuable to the audience that is trying to look for something? And, and what we're trying to do is 
keep that audience's attention before, during, and after they're ready to buy or sell for that matter in this case. So that's the beautiful thing about content marketing is you want to build an audience and you want to keep that audience's attention over a long period of time because you never know when they're going to buy. Mm. And I think that's the challenge with when you're not thinking about content marketing because you're like, oh, I have to get buyers at this particular time, just the ones that are ready to buy. That's so hard to sell that way. What I'd rather do is I'd rather just build a relationship with all the people that I'm targeting and when they're ready to buy, they're going to, of course, reach out to me because I'm delivering this amazing, valuable, interesting information on a consistent basis. And it makes my job easier. And they don't even have they don't have to go out and find a real estate professional. They just come back and they come to me and they said, well, Joe, I've been following your podcast or I've been checking out your blog or your Instagram account. And of course, I would use you. And that's what we want. We want to, we want it to be a no brainer. Of course, they would use you because you've been delivering this am amazing information to them. Something that came to mind just as you're telling that story, Joe, is that that not every agent is is our friend from Tennessee. They're, they're not. So there's not. A, um, we're, we're talking, you know, an extrovert, someone that's willing to open themselves up on on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it might be. So for for those people that are thinking, well, well, I, that's not me. What what do you say to those people that are maybe a little more um, introverted in in uh, how much they want to give of themselves online? What what are some thoughts that uh, what are some things that they can think about in that regard? Well, what's interesting, Josh, is that most of the content creators I know are introverts. So you pick your spots, right? You pick. So if you aren't, if you're like, I'm never going to do the social media thing and I don't want to do Instagram, uh, maybe you don't want to do a podcast like you've done so well. Maybe you don't want to do ongoing, maybe you don't want to be on the videos, but maybe you do something like a, a, a blog, a very simple, helpful blog for very specific people in your community that you're trying to reach. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it is through pictures, but it's not pictures of you and you're not in it. You're you're documenting. By the way, this woman, most of the pictures she wasn't in because she was taking pictures of something else, which is really easy then because you just <laughs> you're taking pictures of stuff, which just about anybody could do with a smartphone. Um, it's more it's I don't think the challenge is necessarily the medium. So it's not like, oh, okay, well, it's tough for me to get in front of a camera or do a podcast because all these things are relatively pretty much cost you nothing. It's just time to do that. The challenge is building the strategy around it. Like, what yeah. can I talk about that's truly, truly differentiated and will break through all the clutter out there and they'll pay attention to me. And that's what this woman in Tennessee did. We call this the content tilt. So if you say like, what is your content tilt? How do you tell a different story? How do you break through all that clutter? And that's what, if you're listening to this, that's what you're going to have to figure out. And the only way to do that is to really figure out who you're targeting. So if you said, oh, well, I'll sell a house for anybody in, you know, the, the, the Sydney area or whatever suburb of Sydney, you might have to be more specific than that. Like you're really talking to people that want this type of house, they really enjoy this type of freedom. Uh, they they feel this about uh, about certain things and not like really build a profile of your audience that you're trying to reach and figure out what's their pain point, what's really keeping them up at night. What would what would be something that would they would actually spend the time to engage in when there's another Game of Thrones issue uh, episode <laughs> on and they want to watch that. So those are the things that I think we have to think about. So it's the the hardest part is. The strategic part, executing it is just, it's a lot easier when you have a good strategy behind it. So I would spend some time on the strategic part of it.
Well, something that, that gets talked about a lot at um, at real estate conferences and training sessions, um, I think it's all over the world, Joe, is is the, uh, the, the talk at the moment, I get the feeling, is you've just got to get out there and just start creating content. doesn't matter what it is. Just talk about anything. Get out there. Turn a camera on. Start creating content. And uh, what you what you said there about the importance of strategy and, and just mapping this stuff out first, um, how important it, is it to get that right first before you press record or start well, writing? First of all, great point. And I'm, there are some people out there, you and I both know them, that will say exactly what you said. Go out, get there, just get out there, just start, just create content. I don't care what it's about. I don't agree with that. Like if you're just going to do it, if you're doing it for practice, that's a different story. Like you're experimenting and you're trying to figure things out. I don't care. That's fine if you want to do that. But if you're really going to do this as part of your business, I want you to commit to it. I want you to, there's, there's only two gears here. It's either all in or nothing. Yeah. So yeah. if you're just going to say, because by the, because you can do all, you can do like you were talking to me before the show, a lot of lead generating things out there, a lot of referral things. I mean, there's a lot of competition and I wouldn't necessarily want to take that route, but you could go a very traditional route and get leads like everybody else does. Or you could be very thoughtful about people or about who you're trying to target and do something truly amazing. So I would, if you're just going to say, oh, I'm just going to go talk about whatever I see out there, you know what? I wouldn't waste your time. I wouldn't even do anything then. Mm-hmm. I would just go, go on, go a hundred percent traditional then instead of just dabbling in con- we call it, you know, dabbling in content marketing is yeah. not going to be a good use of your time or anybody else's time. Cause you're not going to build an audience. Because it, mm-hmm. it takes creating content on a consistent basis and delivering into that audience over and over and over again for a long period of time. And a lot of people don't have the patience for that. Now, if you do, you'll probably win out because it's a marathon and not a sprint. Usually the people that last the longest are the ones that win because everybody else just says, oh, I, I did it three months. I tried it. I'm done. I'm going to do something else <laughs> Well, while you're still going. Because, I mean, just take Content Marketing Institute, for example. We did a blog for for over 24 months before I was able to generate any revenue from it. Now I know people on this podcast probably don't want to hear that, but it took some time. We had to build an audience. I didn't have any credibility out there. I was over and over again, creating this blog post and these blog posts and then getting people to subscribe to an email until we built up the audience to over 10,000. And I said, okay, now we can start monetizing that. And we built it into a multi-million dollar company but it takes time to get there. But once you get there, once you build even a sliver of an audience that really starts to be loyal, then you can expand that into all kinds of directions. Like I didn't realize, I had no idea we were going to have 15, 16 different revenue streams mm-hmm. at Content Marketing Institute. I only, initially, there was only one. And you know what? We don't even offer that one anymore because our customers didn't want that. <laughs> so it's interesting how things change once you build a loyal audience. One of the biggest challenges we face in the real estate industry, as I'm talking specifically about Australia here, Joe, is the the perception of our industry professionals in Australia, at least, where we're constantly rated in the bottom three trusted professions year in year out, making it pretty hard to get cut through in in any medium with just about any message. So, and I think that's given rise to some of these lead generating platforms and ratings and review sites that we spoke about before we hit record. So my, my big question to you around this is, can content marketing help us overcome this issue? And if so, how, in your opinion? 
It might be the only, I mean, from what you've told me, I mean, I'm not a real estate expert, so, you know, you're not going to want to buy your house for me. That's for sure. But, (laughs) but the, but if you are, um, if you have all this competition around you, which is happening in every industry, by the way, here in the States globally, every industry is being disrupted. So it's not just the real estate industry. So what are you going to do against these larger platforms like the domains of the world, like all these lead generating systems that could eat your lunch because they have the resources to do so? Well, you have to build your own platform. You have to build a direct relationship with a group of people that it doesn't matter whatever else comes down the way, you're going to have an opportunity. I mean, good. one of my mentors as I started to study marketing was Don Schultz. He was a professor emeritus at Northwestern University in the United States. And I, the thing that I, I've always taken this with me, he said, basically anything that you offer, anything that any company does, the products, the services, all that can be duplicated. The price, everything can be duplicated. So let's take this down to the person listening. You're a real estate professional. Anything that you do can be communicated, can be duplicated, except as Don says, except for how you communicate. That's the hardest thing to duplicate. Your brand, what you create, the relationships that you create because of how you communicate with them, that's what people cannot duplicate. So let's come back to content marketing. All those other things, everybody's, every other real estate professionals getting their leads the same way. Well, what are you gonna do? Well, what if you built, had a group of people that every, let's say, once a week they got up and you delivered some amazing podcast or some really valuable video series or whatever it is, doesn't matter. But let's just say it's a podcast since we're on a podcast. And what if you did something like curb appeal secrets that nobody will tell you? <laughs> and you just get up there and you say, you know what? Everybody knows the regular cur- curb appeal stuff. And everyone knows that you got to bake cookies before people come in and, and go through the house and all that stuff. But here's the things they don't tell you. And every week you cover one thing that they don't they don't tell you. And it's, and maybe it's an interview or maybe it's something very thoughtful or whatever. And then people that are interested in selling or buying a house, they said, man, this is really, you know, this is interesting. stuff, specific, particularly selling, right? Cause that's yeah. something they want to know. They want to know how they can get more money for their, or there's another one, just put it, how you can get more money for your house before you sell it. Really simple, right? Well, there's probably a th- 10,000 blogs on there, uh, but is there a really good podcast out there? I don't know. Maybe there's not. Maybe that's the advantage that you have if you're a real estate professional. And if you build that audience and let's say every, you send it out every Monday and they pay attention and you've got 500 and then you got a thousand, let's say you got 5,000 people. Well, honestly, that's probably all you're going to need to have a bigger year than anyone else out there because those 5,000 are going to tell their friends because then anybody's looking for a real estate agent, you're going to be the one because you're the one delivering that value. And that's something that those referral machines can't do because all they're doing is they're trying to make a inefficient system more efficient. That's Amazon, right? Amazon is making inefficient systems more efficient. You can't compete with Amazon. Well, all you can do is you can build a better relationship with the customers you're trying to target because you're focusing on issues that nobody else would focus on and you do it consistently over time. And that is the best kind of marketing in the world. Something I've always said, Joe, is there's a big difference between uh, an audience. And I love I love that you you use that word. And I've always said there's a big difference between having an audience and a database. And a database is something um, people or a CRM. Uh, a lot yep. of real estate agents are taught from the day they start that they have to, their database is the lifeblood of their business. Um, 
and, and I've always said that the difference between the two is that an audience are people that actually look forward to getting stuff from you as opposed <laughs> to a database that is is kind of yeah. like just it's it tells you who, what you spoke about last time you spoke to them, their, maybe their birthdays or a record of the emails that you've sent. But an audience is something different. Would you, would you agree? I love that you just said that because you and I, of course, from Kelly Marketing and every one other book I've talked I've written about the value of an audience and looking at it that way and whether you want to call it subscribers, it's the same thing. It's a publishing mentality. You're a media company and you're trying to build a relationship with a group of people that becomes your audience. And that's so look at it this way. And let's let's go back to these lead generating companies that will give you email addresses of people that are, I guess, are interested. Well, what's that? That's it. That's an email address. And you're going to try to interrupt their day or whatever. And you're going to try to be the agent for them. And everyone's running to, and I'm pardon my French. Everyone's running to the same scraps (laughs) over and over again. Everyone's going after the same ones when you could be on the outside, just laughing at that sitting back because you don't have to worry about that because they actually want to get an email from you. So Mm -hmm. think about it that way, right? Usually when you get solicited, and you get an email in your inbox, you're like, oh, man, again, delete, spam, whatever. How'd that get through? Who got my name? I can't believe it. I, there's my email out again. Was it Equifax? What happened? You know what? They, we don't know. And, and then the other one is, oh, my God, there's that show that I really like. I'm going to open that email. Or there's that notification in iTunes on the podcast. I'm definitely going to pay attention to that. Yeah. So that's it's marketing worth paying it's like it's marketing that's not marketing it's marketing so good they'll pay for it that's whatever you want to say shout out to jay bayo i know that's his famous line we'll have to <laughs> have to give, give him credit <laughs> for that one but uh but uh well having followed you for many years now joe i'm familiar with the the case studies you talk about so often and and that's what i really love about the case studies that, that you've, you've shared and garnered over the years is that they're from so many different industries and this notion that content marketing is this is new is the kind of these those case studies that you share from 100 130 140 years ago kind of blow that out of the water so for for our listeners who kind of think content marketing is new can you can you maybe unpack that a little and maybe give us a couple of varying case studies from different industries that kind of show that it's not it's actually been around for quite some time and and why so many brands are going back to that today so happy to it's the old yeah it's the oldest new marketing practice on the planet. And, uh, of course this old marketing, our podcast, we try to share a, an example at the end of every program. That's sort of, uh, from, from back in the years, but one of my favorites ones. So if you're familiar with Ben Franklin, Franklin, one of the founders of the United States, um, he actually created a print book called poor Richard's almanac. And it was, a, you know, the state of what's going on in the United States at that time and create, and also had a printing press at the same time. He created poor Richard's almanac just so people could get something of value of print in their hand and other people would want to print things. And that would try to, that would actually drove business for his printing press. So this is back in the late 1700s. So we're talking, you know, hundreds of years old now. And let's get a little more recent. Well, let's look at, you know, the the largest manufacturer of farming equipment, John Deere, started a magazine called The Furrow Magazine in 1895, targeted to farmers. Instead, and they delivered a print magazine to the household of, on the farm. And instead of talking about how great 
John Deere equipment was, they didn't talk about their equipment at all. All they talked about were issues that farmers cared about. When do I plant? What kind of technology should I use? What are the considerations? How do I hire the right people? Things that farmers care about. So they delivered this magazine starting in 1895, and they still deliver it today. And if, Josh, you ask me, who's the largest media company in the world in the farming agricultural industry? I'd say, well, it's not a media company. It's John Deere. They deliver mm -hmm. the Furrow Magazine to 1.5 million subscribers in 40 countries and 14 languages. Why do they do that? Because what they found in all their data is that people that read the Furrow Magazine are way, way more likely to buy a John Deere mm -hmm. because you're just delivering such great value. That's why they've been doing it for 120 years. They wouldn't be delivering this magazine for over 100 years if it wasn't making an impact with their audience. So mm -hmm. those are two long, you know, and then we could talk about some new ones, my good, you know, you know, uh, Brian Clark, my good friend created a, uh, a blog about online copywriting called copy blogger. So by the way, it's a very useful site. If you're into search engine optimization and those types of things, he started a blog targeting marketing professionals in 2006. And for 19 straight months, he blogged every day about these issues that would go on with how to get found in search engines and how to create proper landing pages and all that stuff. And over the 19 months, he actually uh, was able to get 100,000 people to want to subscribe to his emails. Now, put that into perspective for a second. He, all he's doing is just blogging. He doesn't, he's not even have a product yet. He's just giving out free information. And over that, people are like, great, I want to sign up and put, give you the right email address, Brian, and copy blogger, so that you can send me every day whatever your new blog post is. And he was able to create over 100,000 email subscribers. Today, it's over 200,000. And he, he created a product called Rainmaker, which is one of the fastest growing software as a service companies in the world now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge growing company from nothing, from zero. So if you're a real estate agent and you're thinking, how, I don't have any resources. Like, how do I do this? Well, Brian didn't have anything either. He mm. was broke. He just started creating content that he thought that his customers would really, really, or his audience that he was targeting would really pay attention to. And he said, hey, if I do this really well and I can build an audience, they will ultimately tell me what they're going, what they would buy from me. And that's what he did. And he has like 10 or 11 different ways that he derives revenue, most of it is from selling a software as a service product, which is like a content management tool. So same thing, go back into the 1700s and Ben Franklin delivering something of value. So people then would say, hey, I'm interested in that service. You go to John Deere, you go to Copyblogger. There's a thousand other examples we could talk about, but it's the same thing in the same industry. It doesn't matter. You're just delivering value on a consistent basis over time to a very specific group of people. And if you do that well, they'll pretty much buy anything you put in front of them. I, I think with some of the case studies that you've shared, uh, aside from from those three, Joe, is that they're they're all arguably the most expensive suppliers in their markets in their respective industries. And one of the examples I think you've shared many times is Red Bull and uh, and yep. their content platform. And and one thing I I've always kind of looked at those brands, thinking, well, well, they're not the cheapest in uh, in their industries. They 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 probably sell the most expensive products in their industry. And uh, so would you, would you think, would you say that the content marketing provides you that ability to, as you said, rather than, uh, pardon my French of, of chasing the scraps, it, it kind of put, elevates you to a, a different perception in your industry. Well, the good part is, is that they only, there's no like, um, fight with competitors over the business because they just go to you. I'll give you a really good example of this. Um, and I can't say the name of the, the publisher, but just think of, uh, one of the, uh, most famous 
publishers, newspaper publishers in the world. And I go in there, I go in there to give a, a talk and I put, and it was to their group of custom content salespeople. So they were trying to sell content marketing services. And so big prestigious brand, they had 50 salespeople in the room and I'm in there giving a presentation on content marketing. And I put a slide up, which is uh, the, the logo slide of all the companies we've worked with. So basically it's a fortune 500 list of the greatest brands in the world that we've had the pleasure to work with and do advisory and training for. And I put that slide up and then the, the national sales manager for this company raises his hand and he says, Joe, he says, that's basically our prospect list. That's who we're targeting. He said, do you mind? I mean, and you and he said, no offense, but you guys are small little content marketing Institute. How do you get all that business? from these people that we're trying to target and we're, you know, big us. And I said, well, all of the people, all of marketers and CMOs that we got the business from, from these companies, they just filled out a form on our site that they wanted more information. <laughs> they filled, they said they would like to work with us. We sent them the price and it took a couple of days and we basically locked in the business for all this. They never went to anybody else and his jaw just drops. So, the point is, is that, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not bragging or anything. It's just the fact that we were just delivering really good information out there and people were just filling out a horrible form, contact us form that we had on our page because <laughs> they want, because we already proved that we were the leading experts in the industry because we were delivering them value. And by the way, some of the people that signed up were, were, um, were subscribers of us for over a year. Like, and we don't, we don't get into, oh, when are they ready to buy and the funnel and the whole thing? Like, and that's fine. Those things are important, but we don't care about that because if we just deliver value to them on a consistent basis and they know what we sell, whenever they're ready, they'll let us know. And that's what happened. So that's, that's where, you know, it's, it just, the only issue is I'm making it sound so simple. It's not, it's, mm. it's hard work. It just takes time to do that. So, you know, go back to the beginning story that I told you about starting in 2007, I could have gave up and almost did in 2009 a couple of times because we didn't have the audience quite yet ready to monetize. It wasn't there yet. But in two th 2010, it was there. And we took off super fast and became a multimillion dollar company in the next 18 months. But mm -hmm. it it didn't didn't happen right off the bat because building an audience takes time. Building a loyal audience takes time to do that. Well, as we spoke about before we hit record, Joe, of, of the challenges that our our beloved real estate industry face here in Australia, we've got lead generation platforms that are, have got bags and bags of cash throwing at TV advertising and really going after the consumer um, uh, very, very much so. We've got our major portals who who real estate agents are, it's a love-hate relationship. They, they they know that they need them, but their their prices yeah. go up and up and up and up. And um, so with all of those challenges, and we, we talk about content marketing being an option, and I know you've spoken about this before, you're very, very clear about content marketing being a choice. You don't have to do it. So what are some basic steps that an individual real estate agent or a, an office, an agency can take if they, yep. if they think, Hey, this content marketing thing, we'd like to give it a, we'd like to give it a shot. What are some basic steps? Well, the, so the, we, we talked about the one there's, there's a formula that I'm going to share in a second, but we talked about the one is you actually have to communicate information that's valuable and differentiated. So spend the time on that, like really spend the time on who's our prime audience we're trying to target. What are their pain points? What's keeping them up at night? And let's create whatever the, just like whatever the TV show is about. 
whatever the whatever the blog's about, whatever the video series about, underlying, make sure that it's truly differentiated and something interesting. It takes a couple of weeks with your team to figure this thing out, but it's not impossible. So once you do that, there's a really simple formula. And I see real estate professionals, they mess this up all the time because when they get the social media bug or they get on the internet, they're like, oh, we're a believer in the kind content marketing or digital or social or whatever it is. And then they go all in and they start the Facebook page. They start, uh, they start the LinkedIn thing. They start the Instagram thing. And then they're, they're on discussion forums and they're doing everything. They do the blog and they got a podcast and they do everything and they don't do anything great. And it's a big waste of time. So here is the very simple formula. And we've done analysis in of every type of business in every industry, including the real estate industry. And we have found that there's one simple model and there's four steps. So the first step is you actually want to choose what type of content you're producing when I'm talking about content type. So is it audio, video, textual, image? Don't do all four at the same time. Pick one. So what is the one that you're doing? Is it, are you going to do audio, video, textual, image? Then you pick one platform. Is it YouTube for your video? Is it iTunes for your podcast? Is it, uh, is it your blogger website for, uh, or for your textual content? Is it Instagram for your pictures? Whatever. You pick that. Then you consistently deliver. So let's say you pick a blog and you say, I'm doing a blog. It's two times a week. I would say, no, it's not. You're going to do a blog on um, Tuesday at 7 a.m., and on Thursday at 7 a.m. And you're going to do that for the next 12 months until the data tells you differently. That kind of consistently consistency that we want. And then over a long period of time. So this is where you have to get your expectations in order. Because if you said, Joe, I like this content marketing thing. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to see what we could do in three months or five months or six months. I would say don't expect much. Because as we said before, it takes time to build a loyal audience. Generally, all the case studies we've looked at, all the hundreds and hundreds from every industry, every place on the planet, it takes about 12 to 18 months to build an audience that you can actually draw revenue from. So this is why it's a long-term initiative. Now that you're building an asset, this is going to be a game changer for your business. This is how you're going to go to market in the future. This might be all that you need in the future. But right off the bat, it's going to take time to get there. So that's why you want to ease into it. You're not going to be going cold turkey off all the other lead generation things you do. You're going to say, we're going to keep doing some of those things, but we're going to go all in on this podcast or this blog or this video series or whatever it is that you choose about whatever topic. So that is the, that is the formula in every great media company that's ever existed on the planet. You can name whatever one you want to in Australia. They've done the same thing. That's the format. And then once they build that, build an audience over that, then they diversify and go do all kinds of other stuff. But the, but to begin and to be, begin to build that audience, you have to start with that simple formula. Well, well, I think I think we've only really scratched the surface on the juggernaut that is content marketing, Joe. I, uh, I I hope it's been helpful to you, our listeners, to to help you understand what content marketing is, what it isn't, and its benefits should you choose to adopt it in your business. Uh, so, Joe, before we wrap wrap things up, what is what is one thing, the one thing that you want agents to take away from our chat today? I would probably say. Um, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. And that's what we all want to do. Because once you get a taste of 
some success in doing this, we want to diversify into 18 different platforms right off the bat. You want to really pull back until we get to a point where we call minimum viable audience, or you get to a point where you really have a rabid fan base, and then you can get into all the other stuff. So don't make it more complicated. Use the simple formula and then make sure that you have patience. This is something you're trying to build the most amazing business in the world. And to do that is not going to happen overnight if you use content marketing. So make sure that you build in, you know, this is going to take at least 12 months. So keep the faith, be consistent, but then you'll see success. I love that. I love that. Well, last but not least, Joe, your new book, Killing Marketing, it's it's available. For those who haven't read it, What's give us a little taste of what the book's about and where our listeners can get their hands on a copy. Yeah, Killing Marketing, basically all the stuff we talked about here. So what I love about this is if you're a real estate professional and you build an audience, yes, you'll be able to uh, buy and sell more houses and property. That's great. But what we talk about in the book, there's actually nine other ways that you can drive revenue once you build an audience. You can build an amazing platform and you can do things with your audience that you never thought was possible but you have to have that audience first. And that's what we talk about in killing marketing. And there's a methodology for doing this and a rationale for doing this, which will take away from the book. So it's in, we have a, we have audio book, we have ebook, print, all that good stuff. Go to killingmarketing.com and you'll get the links. There's a free chapter there. And there's a funny trailer of uh, Robert Rose and I doing whatever <laughs> we're doing. Uh, but yeah, so if you get a chance, check it out on killingmarketing.com. And uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Awesome. Joe, well, I'd like to say thank you for your time, knowledge and advice today. This has been a lot of fun for me personally. Uh, I hope it has been for our li- uh, you, our listeners as well. And I have to also give a shout out to our, our mutual friend, Jay Bayer, for connecting us. Uh, who doesn't Who doesn't love that guy, right? That's right. Hey, and you're <laughs> right. We both owe him massive amounts of tequila. So that's, <laughs> that's what I have to keep in mind now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, I look forward to seeing your content marketing world again next year. Uh, we'll certainly bring, we're, we're trying to fly the flag here in Australia to get more and more Australians there. So, um, or if you make it down under to Australia anytime before that, I'm sure we'll catch up again there. Sounds fantastic. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Pros podcast. If you'd like to go deeper with your marketing this year, visit digitalmarketingessentials.com.au to learn about our popular upcoming workshops. And until next time, I'm Josh Cobb. Thanks for tuning in.